Amen. Turn to uh, Matthew chapter 2, please. I know that you're finishing giving, but if you'll turn to Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to pick up with the story of the birth of Jesus now in the uh, after, actually after he had been born. And we're going to read about the Magi. So uh, I'm going to burst your bubble a little bit about some of the uh, wise men stories that you see. How many of y'all have a nativity scene somewhere around your house, in your yard, something like that? Anybody? Okay, a few hands in there. Okay. How many of you have seen a nativity scene? Okay, every hand. All right. So in the nativity scene, it's always the same. There's, there's Mary, and she's all sweet and Cuddle, you know, coddling baby Jesus. And then you have Joseph who's looking like, yes, I am the father. But he actually wasn't the father. We already know that. And then you have uh, uh, the, the shepherds are standing around. They're, they're eyeballing Jesus. They came to worship him. And then you have these guys who look so out of place. They look so out of place. They're, they are totally out of place. They don't even fit in the scene. You have the wise men. And there's always three of them. Three wise men. You have three wise men. They're standing around. They're usually placed the furthest out. They're placed the furthest out. And if you have a really good nativity scene, or like if you go to a live nativity, it's only a good anointed live nativity if it's got a camel. Because supposedly, we don't know this, but supposedly they rode in on camels. Now, We have these wise men who come and who worship Jesus, and that part is biblical. But uh, spoiler alert, they were not at the nativity scene. They were not there when Jesus was a baby, and I'll show it to you. Are you there in Matthew chapter 2? Matthew chapter 2, it says this, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, everybody say behold. Behold, there came wise men from the east, to Jerusalem. Now this word behold is not your typical word. This is actually, uh, 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 okay, edu, I do, edu. That's the, the, the Greek word there uh, that means behold. Now we've kind of like dumbed this word down. We say all the time, you know, because we read these scriptures, behold, you know, behold, behold. Um, and, and, and it's like not as significant as it was. This literally mean, meant Wow, look at what happened. Oh my goodness. If they had text the Bible in our modern text language, if, if a 13-year-old had text this information, if Matthew was a 13-year-old on an iPhone, it would have been OMG with about 55 caps, I mean 55 exclamation points all in caps, with, with fire emojis and the big eye emojis, Because this was like a big deal that the Magi came. The wise men, or what they're also called as Magi, that word, and listen, this is also based off of history. What what we know from history coupled with the scriptures tell us this. That this was most likely not just three wise men or three Magi. But the Magi were uh, um, people of the state or people that were like, in, like they were like king installers. Like when, the, when a king was installed or when a king was born, like if a kingdom had had a baby, they would go and install or, or go and bless or go endorse that king, that future king. Or when there had been a transition of power, they would go and go endorse that king. 
Go install that king. And every time they would, they would bring gifts. So it's very unlikely it was just three guys with three little gifts they could fit in their hands. And I'll show that to you as we go through this. Saying, now, notice they're, they're coming into Jerusalem and they're saying, they're, they're all walking around asking, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem was troubled with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So he's asking them, hey, where is Jesus supposed to be born? He's asking them because they were the Bible scholars. They were the people who had who had uh, studied the scriptures and studied the prophets and were supposed to know. And so they answered correctly. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and they quote an Old Testament scripture, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the prince of Judah. I'm reading from King James today because I want to show you some of the uh, uh, original Greek words that are in here. So if my translation is a little bit different from the screens, it's close enough. So it says, and now Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. He's asking this because he wants to know how old is the kid. What time did the star appear? How long did it take for you to get here? And then how long is it going to take for you to get to, uh, to Bethlehem? He's asking this because... He wants to know, how old is this kid? And of course, we know later that Herod went and, and killed every male under that age, under the age of two. He killed all these little, little kids trying to kill Jesus, which the Holy Spirit protected Jesus, and they fled to Egypt. And we see that in another uh, passage of Scripture. So, verse 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem. So now he's trying to be on their side. Hey guys, y'all go ahead. I'll go ahead and go to Bethlehem like he sent them, like he, you know. They were there regardless of whether Herod had done anything or not. They were going to go see the king, going to go see the king of kings. They were going to go worship him regardless of who he, of what Herod said or didn't say. They were determined to go. And so, uh, search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They were excited. They, they, were, they, were, be, they, were, they were elated, you could say. They were excited to see, traveled so far to see. Now, in Luke, uh, we're, we're told that after 40 days, Mary's, which is the days of purification, Mary had left, Mary and Joseph with baby Jesus, had left and gone back home. They'd gone back to Nazareth. So by the time that these magi make it, Jesus is not a baby anymore. He's probably about two years old. 
And we notice that because, excuse me, we know that because of this verse here, verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with his mother and they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, everybody say treasures, plural, open their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That word child in verse 11 is pateon, all right? It's a, a childling, all right? It's a half-grown boy or girl, all right? It means it's a different word than what we see in the other scriptures that describe Jesus as an infant. It's a different word. He was a young boy. The reason that's significant is because I want you to understand how long it took them, what they endured, what they went through to go and see Jesus. To go and present gifts to him. Again, history tells us that this, these magi were probably not just three guys on camels. But they're probably significant really to Herod because Herod also had dealt with another group of magi that traveled with an army and defeated him or, or had subdued him. So they, they were probably traveling not just a couple guys on camels, but with an army, or at least with an entourage. They, they had people in tow. They were coming because they didn't just install kings with a little bit of gold that fits in a box. In today's numbers, for a small king, for a, a, or you should say it this way, not a small king. That implies that that would be a king that's like a midget, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about like the king of a small country. They would bring minimal amounts of gold that in today's money would, uh, would uh, uh, account for about $5 million worth of gold. Which you can't just carry on your little camel hump. You'd have had to have a team of people to carry it. Not to mention the pounds of frankincense and myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh were significant. Frankincense was, was, was part of uh, um, what the priests would use in the uh, incense that they would burn. And there are some people even still today that think that frankincense helps carry your prayers up to heaven. Now we know that's not true. But frankincense was real significant because it related to, notice this, the priesthood of Jesus. So we have the gold that related to his kingship. You know, if you, if you study this out, when they mentioned they were going to go see the king of the Jews, that word king is not just a word that implies, oh, he's just any other king, but what we call Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. They were going to go see not just any king, not just the next guy on the map, not just the next one in the lineage, but hold on a second. This is the guy that's going to change everything. That's why Herod was so shocked, because when he heard them describe, wait a second, you're going to go see that king? Wait, the king that had been prophesying? The Messiah who's supposed to come? And he got all, the, all, the, all his people, hey, 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 hold on a second now. Where's this, where's this dude supposed to be born? I need to know. Because he felt threatened by the fact that not just any king had been born. A king that would cause a star or whatever it was. It obviously, it was not an a star in astronomy like we see today, but some sort of, of, of uh, supernatural light that, shone the, that showed the Magi where to travel for two years. 
and moved right to where he was when he was in Bethlehem and then moved with him over to Nazareth and led the Magi right to his house while they were carrying all of this and the myrrh. Myrrh was significant because it had to do with embalming. They say that when King Tut, 3,000 years after, 3,000 years after he had been buried, when they opened his tomb, you could still smell the fragrance of these things that they brought to Jesus because they, they had to deal with embalming and the Egyptians used it to embalm. That, this also was significant because at the time, they didn't have like the, the frankincense and myrrh were, were, were probably at the height of their value. In today's money, myrrh would probably have gone for about $500 a pound. And when you, when you presented it, you just didn't present a pound, you presented pounds because, again, if you're going to embalm, you needed a lot of it. They present, they, the reason I'm telling you all this is because they came with a gift. And it, it doesn't say they just came and laid them at his feet and left. But they came and they worshipped him. This, in my opinion, would fall under what I was saying during the offering message. This would fall under sacrificial giving. You can come up because we gotta, I got to wrap this up. This would fall under sacrificial. I can't think of a greater sacrifice than to travel for two years. To come from wherever they came from to install a king, to, to uh, endorse a king. And then realize through their travels, through what happened with King Herod, studying the scriptures themselves, that this is not just any king. This is not just any moment we're in, guys. This is significant. This is, this is world-changing status. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say this. They had to make sure over two years that those gifts they, they were carrying made it. Nothing was going to stop them. Herod wasn't going to stop them. Nothing they came stopped them. They had, they had to push through every bit of perseverance to make sure that what they had to give Jesus made it there. That's, that's why it, me, me giving God my worship That's the least I can do. The, the praise, the thanks for what he's done for me, I'm going to make sure he gets my thanks. I'm going to make sure he gets the glory for whatever. I'm going to make sure it's a sacrifice. The Bible says a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to make sure that whatever time I can give God outside of, of he, he called me to be a father, I'm going to do that. He called me to be a husband, I'm going to do that. That requires time. I have to work. He said, if you don't work, you don't eat. That requires time. But outside of that, I've got time. And I've got to give it to him. And it's up to me to make sure that I give God what's his. That I give God what's due his. That I don't leave it back in Egypt that I don't make the journey without something to give them and again I'm not saying this is this is all about uh, offering was about finances today I'm talking about giving your gift 
to Jesus. What, do you, what can you give Jesus? What can you give him? What can you present to him? And can you do it with the heart of everything he's worth, he deserves? That's what those three gifts meant. Everything he was worth, he deserves all of it. He deserves every bit of it. The, the, the gold that represented his majesty. They say that for the low-end king, five million, who knows what type, what amount of gold they brought. And we know it was significant because Jesus never took up an offering that we know of. It's not in scripture that he took up an offering. Yet, yet he had a treasurer and had enough money that Judas stole from the treasury and the other ones didn't even know it. You don't have a treasurer unless you have enough money to treasure. Where did that money come from? I, I, I believe a significant portion, if not all of it, came from these gifts that the Magi brought. That's how they traveled to Egypt. I mean, any theologian, even ones that aren't, aren't prosperity people, they'll tell you that he, he was, their, their family was able to make it to Egypt and back off of the gifts of the wise men. It's significant. That's why you don't know what your gift will do. The time that you give to the church or, or to God to do whatever he asks you to do, how, how far does that go? How far does your finances go? How far does your gift, if, if, if you have a, 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 a whatever your gift of, of singing, you might not realize how much it ministers to someone else to sing praises to God. If you, if you have the gift of, this is a serious gift too, smiling and being nice, how much it means to someone to be greeted when they come to a church. One of the main reasons people leave a church is because they don't feel uh, uh, invited or welcome, which I pray we never ever do here. And when you come here, it's like the exact opposite. We're like over the top, lovey-dovey, welcome to the family. Like, hey, back up a little bit, bro. I'm, I'm, I, just, I just got here, man. Give your gift to Jesus. Present it to Jesus. Provide it for Jesus. Make sure that it gets to Jesus. And that you don't miss now, remember what I said earlier, that you give what you feel led to. Many of you probably already came prepared. I mean, like I said, one lady called me this week. She was already prepared. I'm giving the lawnmower and giving the weed eater. If you feel today to do something like that, give away an item that you didn't have, that you don't have on you today. Or in her case, she literally couldn't bring it. She's going to need us to help her go get it. Write it down on an offering envelope and give it in the offering today and put in there whatever it is that you're giving and we'll coordinate this week to get it and then we'll make if it's something the church doesn't need we'll make sure it gets to someone who does i've made connections with ministries all around columbia and, and all around surrounding areas i'll make sure it gets to someone who needs whatever the item is it's not going to sit in storage or sit in some wasted area give your best give to jesus make make that that ex, extra effort 
The Magi are such a great example to us. They worshiped with their giving. They worshiped. It wasn't just, here you go. Bye, King. They fell down. And they worshiped him. He was only two. He hadn't hadn't done anything. But they knew this was the one they had been believing for. This is the one they had been waiting for. This is the one they had As you prepare to give, we're going to play a short video. And after the video, as the band and singers sing, you can present your gift to Jesus.